Welcome to the KO Show, uh, brought to you by the 1970 Club. This is Mark Houston, along with my co-host, Kevion Nolan and Omar Payne. And gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We're on episode seven. Good to see you guys. How are you doing today? Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, well, let's get started. Uh, guys, talking about this past week, you had a road trip up to Atlanta, play Kennesaw State, and then over to Jacksonville State and play, and, and play them. And uh, one and one on the road trip. Had a tough loss at Kennesaw, but came back and had a, a really good road victory uh, uh, at uh, Jacksonville State. Uh, let's talk about the Kennesaw game uh, for for a bit. Uh, uh, they came out and uh, and uh, pretty much uh, shot the ball very well. Uh, did you feel like defensively uh, you played as well as you could that game, or do you feel like you had some breakdowns defensively against Kennesaw? Um, I feel like we might have had a couple breakdowns as far as just um, like guarding without fouling. We kind of got into foul trouble early, so it kind of took our aggression away. But uh, other than that, I don't think it was anything just too big. Just live our, our like our urgency had to be there for the entire game. It was just really putting together a full forty minutes defensively. So they did a good credit to them for you know making shots and kind of making it tough to guard them. They're they're one of the better teams in the league, aren't they, Kevin? Yeah, for sure. A lot of experience and they've been playing together, and that helps. Um, so you. You then move over to Jacksonville State, and that's sort of a homecoming for you, isn't it? Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. How, how many family members did you have there? Uh, when they come to family members, I probably had about uh, like 10 or 15. But as far as everybody that just came to see me, like family and friends from like high school and and just in being in that area, it was probably like 40. So it was pretty good to see everybody come out and support me, for sure. And what's it about that particular uh, Coliseum? That brings out uh, some of the best uh, basketball in you. Um, I just probably, I guess it goes with me just being comfortable there. Like I've been playing there since I was in the seventh grade, so um, I've played many, many games at JSU. So, do they have yeah. or state playoffs played there in Alabama? Uh, yeah, we also got state playoffs. But then where I'm from, we have this thing called the county tournament. So it's like 14 teams in our in our county. So, uh, like, mid-season, uh, high school season, everybody have, like, this week-long tournament, and JSU hosted there. So I've been playing there since I was in seventh grade, and we also do, like, uh, for 1A to go to yeah. Birmingham to get to state, you have to go and play at JSU. So, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with that, gym. Omar, what's it like? Uh, you're, you're at KSU, and, and, and Kevion has had some hot games, but mm-hmm. when you start seeing him knocking down the threes, what does that make you feel like? I mean, it's just a great feeling, especially, you know, just seeing it, everybody yelling boom, everybody throwing their hands up. It just brings energy to the team. It's almost kind of like a dunk, especially when K is a three. And uh, they played uh, – you had played them already once at home. Did you feel like you were uh, – like you knew what they were going to do based on having played them already one time? What did you think, Omar, from – from the standpoint of scouting them, having played them a couple of weeks ago, um, I kind of knew you kind of knew what they were going to do, but I knew definitely they was going to come out more with an edge. So we just had to be prepared for that, and and then we played with consistency uh, for forty minutes, and and that you did, you you you, you locked them up and and had control of the game. I uh, didn't have to try to come from behind. I you know at Stetson and at and at Kennesaw, mm-hmm. you're down eight ten. You're trying to just hang within mm-hmm. striking distance, yes. and uh, in this game, you really. Pretty much had in the second half, you, you had good control of the game, built that lead two, four, eight points, and that that was obviously a key to victory. And then hit the free throws, uh, which 
is always big in a game like that. You know it's going to come down to free throws. So is right. that that pretty much the way you see a game and a and that's tight going into the last three minutes? Yeah, for sure. I feel like the last three minutes is all about um, who can execute their stuff offensively and who can you know stay together through those those stretches of not getting foul calls. And then when you do get foul call, free throws are huge. Like that's always a difference maker. So you um, you come off the road trip one and one. Uh, you're back home. You got a two game homestand uh, coming up this week. Uh, Thursday uh, is going to be the uh, game against Liberty. Always a big opponent, sort of the team that's that's uh, been at the top of this league for the last three four years often. And then a, a, a game against a newcomer to the to the league, Queens College out of uh, Charlotte. Um, Let's talk about Liberty and the scouting report and how you have to play against those guys. They, they, and the first thing that gets your attention in the Liberty scouting report is uh, number two, the little 5'10", 150-pound little guy named Darius McGee, who's mm-hmm. been lighting up this league and lighting up the country uh, for the last four years. Um, tell me, what, what do you feel you have to do in order to contain or, or do a good job on Darius McGee? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to uh, not let him feel just so comfortable to where, you know, not not let him be in places where he's like most effective and, and just make us make him feel us all night. So just being aggressive and having a hand in his face because, I mean, he's a good player, so it's going to be tough shots that he make, but it just can't be easy ones that allow him to get going and just feel comfortable all night to feel like he can do whatever he want to do. And, and last year, um, the game was one where he uh, well, he went off in the first half. Mm-hmm. I want to say he hit 26, mm-hmm. something like that. I was hitting shots from everywhere. Sometimes mm-hmm. when this guy gets going, it, there's there's no range. It's outside his range. So um, what did you – do you remember last year how you adjusted to, to what he did in the first half? Yeah, like I said, it was just really from the first half to the second half was just him being comfortable in the first and the second half not being so comfortable. So just upping our level of aggression on him, you know, kind of making it harder for him to get open looks and and just doing things like that. So just not making him be comfortable is really the biggest thing. And then you uh, come back, um, uh, that's Thursday night, obviously a big game. you come back against Queens College, and they've got a point guard. It's going to change your pace a little. I don't want you to think too much ahead, but they've got sort of a six foot one ninety point guard, a little bit like Giassi Powell is going to be our guest. Sort of a, a sturdy, strong point guard. So you play that guy a little differently than you do McGee's a, a different sort of cat, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we haven't really dug too deep into the Queens personnel just because we're focused on Liberty. So. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, that they're a new team that we haven't seen yet. So it should be a, you know, pretty interesting week. And a quick and a quick turnaround after you come out off the Liberty game, you'll have to spend Friday really, uh, yeah, uh, gauging uh, the the newcomer in the league, uh, right. Queens College. Um, well, guys, we're gonna conclude uh, episode one, or excuse me, uh, segment one of uh, episode seven of our show. And when we come back, I want to talk to you, get off the basketball beat a little bit, talk about some things that are uh, a little different, some personal things and some some of the, your own philosophies and, and the way you look at life, uh, believe it or not. We're going to talk about some of that stuff when we get back on uh, segment two of the uh, KO Show. Back with uh, segment uh, two of episode seven of the KO Show with um, my guest, Kevion Nolan, Omar Payne. 
Guys, uh, we're here on January 16th, Monday. It's a national holiday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I wanted to talk to you guys uh, about your perspective of of who Martin Luther King was and what his life and his legacy means to you guys. So, Kevion, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your your viewpoint of, of Martin Luther King and this holiday and what it means to you. Um, just, you know, growing up in school when I was younger, I just learned so much about him, like having to do like research things on him and just learning through him throughout coming up in school. So realizing, you know, like without him, I wouldn't even like I don't even know like what life would be pictured. You know, I didn't get to, I didn't have to go through any of the racism or the segregation things that he did. So being that he fought for those rights and equal rights for African-Americans, the thing that, and with me being an African-American for everything he fought for, um, you know, I could just, all I could say is just how much I appreciate him and, you know, he, like how big he was for our, our culture. And, uh, you know, much respect to Martin Luther King for everything he's done. Because just like I said, um, I, I don't know how life would be for me, like, without him, so. So you, you grew up in Alabama, and mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, civil rights movement was centered Montgomery, right. Birmingham, mm-hmm. Selma, all places you're very familiar with. Right. So you, in particular, uh, did, did your dad have uh, talk a lot about that growing up, uh, uh, Dr. King and, and his legacy and, and the, the, how that was growing up and maybe in the 60s, 70s, 80s in Alabama? Um, not really so much of my dad, but I, I talked to my grandparents a good bit. And they were kind of, you know, in those age groups where when they were growing up or their parents were kind of in the midst of it. So I've heard stories from, you know, like when them, like about all the bad things that happened. So they look at him as a very influential person in our culture. And just, you know, they're always high on him for the courage he had for the things he did and, you know, not not being, you know, violent back and, and all those type things. So just like I said, growing up, you just hear so much about him and just have so much respect for him, from him for him, like immediately just because for everything he did for our coach. So now um, you grew up, obviously, in the 2000s. First, this century is... Uh, you know, most of when you've been growing up as a, as a young man, age 23 now, what um, has racism, have you felt racism uh, either directly or indirectly in your in your life, your athletic career? Is it, has it ever become an issue? Um, I think I may have, you know, encountered it here and there. Just nothing, nothing too major to where, you know, it's like a, like all over the internet or anything like that. So I thank God that I have not experienced anything directly. But, you know, I feel like I may have encountered something or just may not have been treated fairly because of the color of the skin, you know. Because racism is, like, not a lot of people are uh, like racist, but, like, racism is still out there. But, right, you know, right. It's a just, con- continuing struggle. Right. Omar, right. talk a little bit about, and the first, uh, Dr. King and what his life and his legacy means to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an African American, as a as a uh, young basketball player in this culture, tell me about it. I mean, I just appreciate this day. You know, Martin Luther King he brought a lot of change, and that's something that we're still fighting for today. And I mean, I really just appreciate the day because you know, you know, we get a national day off, and then I feel like you know, we usually, I usually go together with my family. We sometimes go to a parade, like a Martin Luther King parade. So right. I just enjoy just bringing all you know people together and stuff like that. And. Uh, Tell me about have you ever had any encounters uh in your in your career or your mm-hmm. life uh with racism as a 
as I now owe it. You're already 22, Omar. Yes, sir. So once again, mm. raised and brought up in the in the tooth in the uh, in this century, which uh, mm. was long after Dr. King's. Uh, life and, and a lot of his struggles. Mm, I, I, I experienced a little, but um, I didn't really affect it to me that much because, I mean, it's really just words to me. So I just feel like it, nothing really could bother me if I unless I let it bother me. Yeah, uh, guys, let's uh, let's get a little lighter, <laughs> since uh, yeah. obviously that's a heavy subject and mm-hmm. and one that I uh, appreciate you guys opening up about. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about uh, this team and uh, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, uh, the various individuals on your your JU 2022-2023 basketball team. I want to ask you uh, a couple of things. Uh, who's the biggest eater? Who's got the healthiest appetite? Or not healthy, but who eats the most on this team? Who eats the most on the team? I was thinking Mike Marsh, but he's gotten skinnier in his in his uh, old age. Um, me, I'm going with uh, either Omar Payne or Bryce Workman. Okay, they're, 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 all right. How about are you are you going to agree with that, Omar? Yeah, I agree with it though. Okay, so <laughs> health. <laughs> Who's yeah. the laziest? What? <laughs> Is there anybody that just likes to lay around and chill and doesn't want to really do much? Other, I'm not saying they're lazy on the court. I'm right. just saying just likes to chill and not do too much, nah. not go out. I think you can almost pick almost anybody. We got a pretty laid back team. Pretty everybody. laid back. Once, yeah. once we're off the court, everybody kind of you know just like to chill. Mm-hmm. Who's the coolest? The coolest. Yeah, I mean, which which is a term meaning that who is the guy that has the best style? Let's say the best who has style. the best style on the team. Yeah. Then I think everybody have their days though. <laughs> um, everybody actually, everybody on the team really could. It really matters the day. Really? I feel like we all we all plan out something. And everybody will have a fit. You like, oh my, like. Well, who's the best dresser then? Get more specific than just style. Who do you think's got the best clothes and always is, uh, is dressed the nicest? Jalen. Jalen. Okay. New York All right. dude, Jaylen. high fashion. Jalen is because he grew up in New York is yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, who's most popular with the ladies? The ladies. Most popular <laughs> with the ladies. We got a ladies man team. So you got everybody's a ladies man on this team. I'm not gonna say everybody's a ladies <laughs> man, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how to say. I don't know how to answer. <laughs> All right, we're not going to go with that. We'll go one more. Best dancer. Best, oh, Giassi Powell. Giassi Powell's got moves. Giassi Powell got the moves. O- Osai, he hit you with Osai. Where, yeah, where, where did Osai pick up his stuff? Is this from the from the African continent? He's got some wild yeah, stuff he brought over good, from good South Africa. Good footwork, so you know he, he could catch on to stuff quick. So nah, he really just know how to dance though. Yeah. Like Osai got good rhythm. Osai's yeah. got good rhythm. Yeah. Okay, but Yashi Power, look if you want if you yeah. want somebody to really get in the middle of a circle and really yeah get everybody going. That's, that's that's Jossie, huh? Jossie Powell, man. Yeah. Are you sure you're not saying that just because he's here? <laughs> no, it's going to be our nah. guest in segment three. No. Well, we're going to ask him about that when we come back with segment three of the uh, KO Show. We'll be right back. Uh, back with uh, segment three of the KO Show, episode seven. And we have as our special guest today, Jossie Powell, uh, guard for the uh, JU Dolphins in his second year. Uh, Jossie, let's talk about your journey to JU. Uh, you're a Jacksonville kid, but tell us about your high school career and uh, where you went before you ended up here on uh, at Jacksonville University. So, 
starting in high school. I went to Sandwood High School, public school here in Jacks. And then I transferred to Bishop Snyder, where my old coach, Coach Vince, he coached me at first. And that, that's Vince Martin. Yes, sir. And then uh, Coach Russ took over coaching. And that's Russell Powell, two, J, two former JU players, which you were yeah. obviously aware of as they coached you in high school. Mm-hmm. And tell me about uh, what happened after after you played for, for uh, Vin, Vince Martin and, and Russell Powell those two years at, at uh, Bishop Snyder. Um, obviously, you were one of the top players in the city. Tell me about your recruitment. So after my senior year, my recruitment was very low. Like, I graduated 2020, so COVID year. So I had, like, visits lined up to D2s, only D2s. Like, But they wanted me to come and work out for them. And COVID hit, so I couldn't go work out for them. So nobody offered me. So I was basically almost into the year, and I had no offers. And then D2 in West Virginia, Davidson Elkins offered me. So that was my only offer, so I committed. And then I went up there to Davidson Elkins and balled out really, averaged like 16. And then I talked to Coach Russ after the season. He was like, like, do you want to stay at this level and like have a good career or do you want to like go to the level you wanted to, to play at? And I ultimately wanted to be at Division One level. So he said, enter your name in the portal. So I entered my name in the portal, not even thinking about Jacksonville University, really. And... Had you kept up with both uh, speaking with with uh, Russell Powell and Vince Martin during that time up at Davis and Elkins? Not really, Coach Vince, only because he was coaching at JU, so I don't even think that was allowed. He couldn't talk to me. Right, right. But, yeah, Coach Russ, definitely. And ultimately, like, when Coach Missy called me when I was in the portal, then, like, Coach Vince called me. It was, like, a no doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is uh, something that's happened uh, – not just with your story, but yours is a great example of it. But there's been other uh, guys that have played Division Two basketball that start really playing well at that level, and then the Division One teams start paying attention, and those guys make make the transition. So you're not the only guy to do it, mm-hmm. but you're a great story in that you are a Jacksonville kid who've gotten an opportunity here at, at JU and have played extremely well and have made a lot of progress from year one to year two, as we, as we all know. Um, so why did you ever think about why was I not recruited more uh, out of out of high school? I, you know, I average 20 a game. I, I'm a scorer. I'm a, a big, strong guard. I play defense. Why was I not recruited? Did you ever think about that or just said, hey, nothing I can do about it? What was your attitude about not being under-recruited? Maybe when I wasn't like recruited, in 2020, I was mad, but like now I'm happy where I'm at. Everything happened for a reason. But definitely, like when I wasn't getting recruited, I was like, "What am I not doing right?" Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I play at a level. I feel like I could score with anybody. Right. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So. Right. And you were playing a good schedule at Bishop Snyder. You guys played played some good teams. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you were playing a low classification of high school basketball so yeah. but you overcame that it had a little chip on your shoulder obviously when you're, you're saying I, I know I I can play it play D1 um, so tell me about what's it like being a Jacksonville kid playing in your hometown and and at Jacksonville University what's that like it's awesome to me I feel like I can go see my family every day of the week if I wanted to of course I don't but every every game I get to play in front of them because in West Virginia like they didn't come see me play at all so I got the other side of it. I get to see like what it's like when they can't come see me play every game. And now they're at every game, every game they can come to. So being in front of them, my family, my friends, it's just good. 
And you've sort of established the example of a, of a Jacksonville player coming home and playing for JU. I know you got your teammate uh, Josiah Sabino. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are, you know, the, uh, Coach Mincy has indicated he would love to have Jacksonville players. He's recruiting Jacksonville very hard. Uh, do you feel like there's the quality of high school basketball in Jacksonville is such that they can be big, big contributors to, to JU basketball in the future? For sure. I feel like the top kids in Jacksonville definitely have have chances to play at like either here at JU or at UNF. Like, I feel like the talent sometimes get overlooked in Jacks because they're definitely out there. So let's talk about um, your game. And uh, Jossie, you're you're a strong guard. You're about, what are you, about 6'2", one, you're weighing about 190? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you're a strong guard, um, and you uh, uh, have developed something that I've seen since high school, because I saw you play a few times at, at Bishop Snyder, and that's the uh, pull-up jump shot. Tell me about how you value the pull-up jump shot and when it, when you, you feel it, it can be very effective in your game? I feel like I value it so much because in high school, like Coach Russ, I'm going to give props to Coach Russ and Coach Vince. They like, they repped me to death. Like in that, like when I was in high school, that's all we did, just one drill pull-ups, one drill pull-ups. And then yeah. we brought it home to my dad and me and him and Jim, one drill pull-ups. That's all we did. And Jim is is Jim Martin. Uh, or, oh, in the gym. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were making reference to Jimmy Martin, gym. local nah. Providence coach. No. Nah. So, um so you, you, it is something that you value in your game, and it's it's one that uh, a move that we we see frequently. If you have the three, if they give you space, you don't mind shooting the three. And when they don't give you space, you beat your first defender. And before you get into the teeth of the defense, you pull up in in the lane, twelve fifteen feet, and knock down that jump shot. So we're we're very uh, pleased, proud, love the fact that you came back to Jacksonville. Uh, you're a sophomore. You've got two more years after this one, and we look forward to uh, seeing your pull-up jump shot as well as many other shots in the future for for Jossie Powell. So Jossie, thank you for for being our guest today on the uh, KO Show. Thanks for having me. That'll do it.